Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hey everyone, today I'm talking with Allison Scholes. She helps female entrepreneurs rock Instagram. Allison is an Instagram coach and podcaster. She helps mompreneurs build their Instagram presence through coaching, creative copy, and content. She believes social media should be a fun and easy thing, not daunting. With her sassy and fun personality, mixed with her creativity and love for sweatpants and coffee, she's able to deliver the simple and creative tools to help mompreneurs boost their business with confidence and ease. Allison also hosts her podcast, Social Media for Mompreneurs. Each week, the show helps busy moms build their brand online in just minutes a day, even when those minutes are hard to come by. Allison has been featured on the Stephanie Gass Show, Fired Up Podcast, She Makes an Impact Podcast, The Confident Podcast, and more. She's also been featured on the OSSACollective.com as a featured podcaster and in the podcast magazine featured in the second annual Top 50 Moms in Podcasting. Welcome, Allison. Thank you, Virginia, for that wonderful intro. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So it sounds like you have this whole mom and entrepreneur thing down pat. (laughs) On the surface level, yes, I guess you would say it looks that way, but it wasn't always that way. (laughs) (laughs) So what brought you on this journey to be an entrepreneur? Well, I started in marketing back in when I just graduated college. I actually got a really cool job. I was a graphic designer for the banking industry, but deep down, honestly, I knew that's not what I wanted, even though the job was fun, but it was very a male dominated corporate world. And I knew that I wanted to be a mom and that job would not allow me to be part-time So I actually decided when my first was born to transition to something that I thought would be the best of both worlds. So I decided to go back and get my master's in teaching because I (laughs) thought that, hey, I get my summers off. I won't be working long hours. So that's what I did. Being pregnant, went back to school, got my master's, delivered my first, and then I quit that corporate job and I got a job as a reading teacher in a reading room, which was really cool. But lesson will tell you that being a teacher is the hardest job in the world. So when I got pregnant with my second, I decided to take a big break because I really wanted to raise my kids. But Mm -hmm. the husband kept saying, oh, I can't wait to go back to work and we get additional income. And I remember like just thinking like, no, (laughs) I don't want to go back to work. I want to stay home with my babies. But I did end up going back to teaching when my youngest was in first grade or no, he was second grade. And that was probably the hardest year ever. My youngest, now he is diagnosed with autism, Mm. but he wasn't then, but we were having a lot of struggles with him at home. In school, I'm trying to juggle teaching, being a mom, being supportive to him, but also having this teacher role in the school. And that was the year that I decided I am not doing this. I am not just going to do what society is telling me to do, to have the J-O-B. I told my husband, I've always wanted to have a home business. I've always wanted to do something on my own and be home with my kids. And that's when I did it. I just decided I finished that school year and I never went back. So since then, five years ago to today, I have just slowly grown a home business while being fully present with my family and 
I've never looked back and really, it was a hard decision. It was a hard journey, but it was the best decision I ever made. Do you have any tips on being fully present with your family, even though you have like work to do and stuff? Mm, That's a great question because it wasn't so bad when my kids were in school because then I would work while they were at school. But we all know that COVID hit and a lot of moms had to juggle their kids with remote learning, having them at home. And then you're also trying to work on your business at the same time. And I'm sure that you've heard the term time blocking, right? You got a time block. But for me, that honestly wasn't enough until about, I would say less than a year ago, because I was still struggling at that point once my kids were home, trying to work on my business. And then, especially my youngest, help him at home with remote learning. And I just felt tugged each and every day. So I finally created a system and I actually have a term for it. It's my weekly project workflow for business success. So the biggest tip or advice I can give is you actually have to sit down and you have to brain dump all the non-negotiables that you need to do every week in your business. So once I brain dumped everything I needed to do, then I categorize them into like subcategories. Like now I have a podcasting day. I have a social media creative day. I have client work day. I have bookkeeping, Pinterest, email marketing day. So that's what I did. I brain dumped everything I needed to do. Then I categorized them and assigned categories for each day of the week. And then based on that, that's when I time blocked it around my family's schedule. And that's how I've been able to not only get the tasks that I need to get done, but also create momentum in my business because I created space to do personal development and work on future projects without it ever falling to the back burner. That's cool. Do you find that your kids kind of let you be when it's time to work? So you have that focused time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're old enough now that I can actually tell them like I have a podcast interview at this time. And when my door is shut, you know that you cannot interrupt me at that time. And working in small chunks definitely helps. If you have littles at home, that time block might just be 30 minutes and then you go be with them. But my kids are older that I can put one to two hours aside and then go help them if they need me. (laughs) That's good. I'm like, right now my youngest daughter just came in and the youngest one is refusing to like wear pants and a diaper. She's like, what do I do? (laughs) So anyway, I just found it amusing with what you're saying. (laughs) So have you always loved Instagram? No, not always. I actually started off when I decided to be an entrepreneur. Honestly, the whole concept of my company, my website, it's Boss Lady in Sweatpants. That actually came to fruition in a car when I was dropping off my youngest to be dropped off at the sitters in the morning. And he was so sad that day. A lot of people know this story. And I just said, buddy, what's the matter? And the 10 words he said to me is, mom, I wish you would drive me to school every day. And that was like the pivotal moment when I decided to be an entrepreneur and not work. And I remember sitting in the car thinking, how can I do this? How can I create something that I am my own boss, but I am in the comfort of my home and I'm comfortable with my kids. And that's when Boss Lady in Sweatpants came about. And I really thought it was going to just be a mom blog sharing life stories and helping them their home business. 
But what I found out is a lot of women entrepreneurs needed help with growing online on social media. So I started moving into that space and that's when I really started diving deep into Instagram. I was one of those people that was downloading all the courses, all the freebies, following all the Instagram gurus and just trying to implement everything. So that's really how I started with Instagram. And then I slowly moved to really understanding my own brand and how I wanted to leverage Instagram to grow my business. And now that's what I teach women entrepreneurs, mompreneurs is really how to leverage it in your own way, your own authentic way. That's cool. And I love your company name. (laughs) (laughs) I was honestly shocked it wasn't taken. I'm like, really? Nobody wants to be the boss lady in sweatpants? Are you kidding me? (laughs) I mean, who likes real pants, right? Like, no, I don't do real pants. (laughs) At least there's pants involved, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So you talked about women entrepreneurs or mompreneurs. Who Mm -hmm. would be your ideal avatar then? Like, who are you kind of targeting? So I target the mama that is trying to grow her business online while juggling family life, because I know that they have small moments in the day. So I try to deliver small, quick, tangible tips and strategies that they can implement quickly and then just kind of grow on top of everything that they're learning. So I'm definitely for the mama that has kids at home and they're trying to build a home business, a side gig, their MLM. That's really who I target. I think it's really cool and like honorable too, that you really understand your niche. Like you're after moms who are trying to do this with a family. And so you're like very aware of their limited time and then implement things that are very specific to that time space that they have. Yeah, I find there's so many women out there that have, they're reaching for these amazing goals and they want to make an impact on the world, but they're stuck on that hamster wheel of how do I start? What's the first step? Where do I begin? And it just seems so overwhelming and sometimes unattainable. And I try to break that down into very easy, simple steps. And I'm a firm believer when you're growing on social media, Instagram, Facebook, it doesn't need to be hard. It doesn't need to be daunting. You can have fun while you're doing it. Which is so key. Hey, yes. (laughs) So what are you doing to get in front of those mompreneurs? So I like to do, I call it my trifecta way of doing it is the biggest thing that I see that some entrepreneurs will try to do is they feel that they need to be everywhere. They feel like they need to be on every social media platform and doing all the things. And I like to break it down into have one thing that is yours that you own, like a blog or a podcast And then choose your favorite platform that you know your audience is at and you really love to spend time. And then you want to take them from that platform and bring them somewhere where you can go on a deeper level. So for example, my trifecta involves my podcast. That is my main hub of my content. And that's how many people find me is through my podcast. And then they will come and they will follow me on Instagram, of course, because Instagram is my favorite platform. That's what I teach. But what I do is I take those ideal clients and I bring them into my Facebook group. 
And that is an amazing group of women entrepreneurs who are all trying to find their space online. And that's where I go deeper with them. I give them almost everything. I do lives. I have other experts that come in and do trainings. I give them like free caption templates. We just have great conversations in there. And that's what I do. I keep my ideal audience in that circle trifecta of the three things. And that to me is how you really go deeper with your audience instead of going wide. You don't need to have a massive amount of people, right? You need good people, good connections in your trifecta and just go deep with them. And that's really how you're going to make an impact. So true. So what are a couple big goals that you have the next year or two? So I would really like to grow my group coaching program. This is something new that I've done this year. I've always offered one-on-one coaching, but I decided to create an eight-week group coaching where I take a handful of women and we go through their branding, through their content, and then how to use all the features on Instagram. So the first round was amazing. And now I just want to keep doing that. And I also, of course, want to maybe shift that eventually from an online to an in-person event, do like a three-person event for my group coaching. And then of course, I want to continue to bring on great guests on my show and just grow my show's visibility. How would those goals like change your business? Number one, of course, we all want to make sales, right? (laughs) So of course it would help my sales. It would help me scale my business. So once I'm at that scalability, I really want to start writing a book. I really have a book on my brain. So, but I want to really scale my business first. So it can kind of work automatic for me. And that way I can really be intentional and carve out time to write a book. That sounds like fun. (laughs) Yeah. Daunting (laughs) at the same time, but I know I'm going to do it. (laughs) Would it be more on like your journey or? Yeah. My focus right now, I think for the book is building your business, being an entrepreneur, a mom, but also raising a child with special needs Mm -hmm. because of my son with his autism. I think that would be a really good niche Mm -hmm. for a book. And I know I would probably reach a wide audience with that. Yeah. I have a lot of people relate to that. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like there are any roadblocks from getting you those goals? And if so, what do you think like the number one one is? I do believe we all have roadblocks, right? If nobody had roadblocks, we'd all be super successful and billionaires. (laughs) But for me, I think the biggest, my roadblock is really having patience because I am one of those multi-passionate mamas. So when things are not going as quickly as I want, or I'm not achieving that goal as quickly as I want, my squirrel brain starts to go, ooh, maybe you should create this, or maybe you should create that. So that's probably one of my biggest struggles is having patience, but I need to go back to probably one of the best advice I've received from a past business coach is trust the process, which is really hard to do. But once you get into the practice of trusting the process, that's when you start to get the little wins, the little victories, and then they really move into those big wins and big victories. So I always tell myself, just trust the process, stay on course, stay in your lane, and just having that patience because it will happen. 
that's so true, hey? Like, how often do we not give it the time that it needs? Exactly. Because we're in that time now where we have technology and we want information immediately. So when we get the information immediately, we're expecting our goals or aspirations to happen immediately. So we have to go back with trusting the process and everything happens in its time for a reason and it'll happen when it's right for you. Mm -hmm. So true. So you had mentioned one of your, like the best advice about trusting the process. Mm -hmm. Would you think that would be like the best advice that you've ever received? Or is there anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, that one really sticks with me. I got that advice two years ago from my business coach at the time, Stephanie Gass. And she just kept telling me, trust the process. It will happen. And when she told me that two years ago, I am now seeing the sales. I am seeing the progress. I am seeing the achievements. So when I feel like I'm in that comparisonitis stage or imposter syndrome is sneaking in, I go back to her words, trust the process. Those two things always show up when you don't need them, hey? (laughs) Oh, yes, right? And you can never really get rid of them. You hear a lot like, how do I overcome it? I don't think you overcome it. You learn how to realize that it's there. You learn when it creeps in. And then you also have to practice telling comparisonitis or imposter syndrome to take a back seat, right? You're not in the driver's seat. I am. You're just along for the ride, but you are not going to navigate my path. (laughs) Yes. So true, right? (laughs) Yes. So what do you think the best advice that you've ever given would be? The best advice I give most often is when women feel kind of stuck or kind of on that hamster wheel, I always tell them to move from a state of inspiration to a state of doing, because I know what's happening. They are stuck in that state of inspiration where they are downloading all the freebies, right? They are listening to all the podcast episodes. They're watching all the YouTubes, they're watching the live videos, they're taking notes like crazy. But what happens is, is when they're stuck in that state of inspiration, they feel like they need to do it the way that the other entrepreneurs are doing it. And that's when you're not going to go forward. That's when the needle's not going to move for you. What you need to do is just take what you've learned, right? And then you need to silence all the outside distractions, right? I know you respect those successful entrepreneurs But that's when you're not moving forward, that's when you need to mute them on social media, get off of their email list, and you need to put your head down and start doing. Take what you've learned and start creating, start doing and putting yourself out there and start delivering your content to your ideal audience. So true, because otherwise you're just stuck on that learning cycle and you never move forward. Correct. Yeah. I mean, personal development and learning is crucial, but then when you find yourself constantly consuming a lot of content, especially from one or a few successful people, that's an indication that you are stuck in that state of inspiration and you need to move outside of that and start doing, start implementing, start creating. So true. Is there anything that you would like to share with us that I haven't asked you yet? Probably the biggest like frustration or struggle that I hear often from women is 
I don't know how to get started on Instagram. How do I start growing? Right. And it's such a, like a basic question. It's a loaded question. I break it down to the three C's to online growth or Instagram growth. The first thing that you need to do is you need to clarify your own brand. Make sure you have clarity on what you stand for, have clarity on your ideal audience and have clarity on what's your intentions for being on Instagram in the first place. So once you get that done, then you need to create your authentic content. So content is the second C. And I know that that is like a tripped up word that people now these days hate to hear authentic content, right? Like everyone's saying create authentic content, but what does that really look like? And what it is, it's taking what you know, right? You were in that state of inspiration. So you take what you've learned, you take what you know, and now you infuse it with your personality and your life experiences. That is your authentic content. So you create the content and then you put it out into the world with another buzzword that a lot of people hate to hear, but it's the word consistency. That's the last C. But here's the thing. Consistency is not what other people tell you what it is. Consistency is how you define it. Consistency is how you feel comfortable showing up for your audience over and over and over. And you get to define what that is. I like that because it's like, well, I can devote one day a week. And it's like, great, start there, do that, mm -hmm. be consistent with that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, because you'll reach more people and have better rapport with them than if you're just sporadic all the time. Mm -hmm. Cool. I like it. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Allison, where can people go to find out more about you and what you do? They can definitely get all my content on my podcast, Social Media for Mompreneurs. They can also hang out with me on Instagram at Allison Shoals, or if they want to go on a deeper level, they can definitely come find me. Um, my Facebook group is Social Media for Mompreneurs as well. Fun. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We'll be in touch and have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.